0: Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by small group director Sue Ferguson and lead pastor Dave Ferguson as we conclude our series, Relationship Goals. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org.
1: And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30
0: a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. And also on Monday nights at 6.30 p.m. We hope to see you there. All right, good morning, community. How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. All right. I like that. That's good. Um, I'll tell you. Here's where I want to start. I am want to start with this. Um, I don't think any of us really want to settle for mediocrity. I don't think any of us want to go like, uh, eh, okay is just okay, right? In probably any area of life. And um, nobody has made this point better and made it funnier than AT&T. Have you seen the commercials? All right. Anybody looking for a mechanic? Anybody need a mechanic? Auto mechanic? Well, here you go. How are you doing? Phil. Oh are you guys good with brakes we're okay just okay we got a
1: saying here the brakes don't stop it something will
0: <laughs> that's not a real saying
1: it is around here i wrote it just okay is not okay
0: <laughs> or uh, anybody thinking about a tattoo you know thinking about a tattoo maybe even a small one tattoo here you go first tattoo
2: yeah relax amigo it's gonna look okay only okay
0: no worries, boss. I'm one of the tattoo artists in the city. You mean one of the best tattoo artists in the city, right? Something like that, yeah. Uh, aren't you supposed to draw it first? Stay in your lane, bro.
1: Just okay? Is not okay. <laughs> all
0: right, just humor me. This one's my favorite one, all right? This one is my absolute favorite.
2: Have you ever worked with Dr. Francis? Oh, yeah. He's okay.
1: Just okay? Guess who just got reinstated?
0: well not officially nervous yeah yeah me too don't worry about it we'll figure it out
1: i see in there just okay is not okay
0: all right just okay is not okay right and here's the deal this is never more true than what it has to do with romantic relationships and i would say in particular marriage um, I don't think I don't think any guy wants to be a guy who goes, you know, gets ready to get married. He's going to propose and says, you know what? I guess I'll ask her. It'll probably be okay, right? And you don't want. To, and no woman wants to go like say yes, going like, "Well, eh, I don't think I don't think anything better is going to come along. It'll probably be okay, right? As a pastor, one of the things I get to do is get to do lots of weddings. I've done tons of weddings. And one of the things I do love about doing weddings is when you're doing a wedding, I mean, you got the bride and and the groom right there, and you are just, I mean, you are right there in the middle of it. And in that moment, in that moment, those two are absolutely positive. This is not just okay. This person, that person is amazing. This relationship is going to be remarkable. And this is going to last a lifetime. And when we get to that point, and we're standing in front of friends and family, and we say, I do, I don't think anybody says to themselves, oh, you know what? If it's just okay, that'll be okay. And we don't want that a year after or that. We don't want it 10 years after that. We don't want it 50 years into that. So um, I could do this talk all by myself, and that would be okay. (laughs) But we've already determined that just okay is right. Thank you very much. So I've asked Sue to join me. So my wife Sue's going to join me. So let's uh, welcome my wife Sue.
1: Thank you, Yellow Box. It is so great to be here with you as we wrap up our Relationship Goals series. This has just been an excellent series, hasn't it? Well, today, yeah, today we're going to focus on marriage. And so our talk is going to be targeted to those who are married or those who hope to be married someday. But let me say this. If marriage is not on your Relationship Goals list... We believe and we hope that this talk will still be helpful to all of the other relationships in your life. We truly believe if we take what we learn today and we apply it, that it will make our friendships vastly better, it will make our work relationships better, and it most definitely can make our family relationships much better. So let's lean into this together.
0: So I like for students. I want to go back to kind of our premise here, and our premise is this: that nobody wants a just okay marriage. All right, can I get an amen? Amen. Well, that was, that's good. All right. Now, if we all agree, we don't want just an okay marriage. Here's, I mean, the question is kind of obvious. Like, okay, how come, right? Sometimes our marriage, and I'm guessing your marriage, if you're married, is just okay. And sometimes, if we're honest, it's not even just okay. We wish it was just okay. It's not okay at all. Well, here's what we want to do. I want to start by sharing one verse. And I think this one verse that we're going to share really is a, is a piece of Scripture that could be a game changer if we'll actually apply this, and you determine you're going to walk into this room, we're gonna, I'm going to actually begin to live this out today. And I'll tell you what, if you will actually apply this and live it out, you will never have a just okay marriage. Now, that's a pretty big promise, but I'm convinced that what we're going to discover can actually revolutionize our marriages and take them from being just okay to something very, very, very special. So I want to take a look at a, a short verse in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. John was one of the first disciples of Jesus and one of Jesus' closest friends. And here's what he says. He says, Dear children, let us... What's this word right here? Not. not okay, not. Okay, not love with just words or speech, but here's how we're going to do it. With actions and in truth. And again, if you will apply this, this one scripture to your marriage, I think you, you will never have a just okay marriage. And, and here's the thing too, it will take both of you, okay? It'll take both of you doing this. And I think the thing we have to always remember and take into any relationship that you want to see go somewhere and grow is that change always starts with me, right? Change starts, in fact, I'll tell you what, turn to the person next to you, whether you're married to them or not, this would be a good exercise, and just point to yourself and say, change starts with me. Change Change starts starts with with me. me. That's
1: right. All right. So are you ready to leave mediocre marriage behind? Are you ready to never settle for just okay? I believe that we can do that if we will apply this verse. Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So what does it mean to love that way. What are those actions we can take to live this out? One very practical and really relatively simple way that Dave and I have found that we can take action to love each other well is by learning to love each other the way each of us wants to be loved. Dr. Gary Chapman spent years as a marriage counselor hearing couples share on a variety of issues. But regardless of the issue, he started hearing a common theme. And that was that one spouse or the other didn't feel loved. And so he began doing some research on this. And he discovered that most people feel loved when they are shown love in one of five ways. And he went on to write a book based on that research... Called the five love languages and that book went on to sell 12 million copies and it hit the number one spot in the new york times bestseller list so today we're going to take a look at all five of those love languages and uh, we're going to ask you as you listen as we describe them to think about what your love language or maybe your top two love languages might be and then also If you are married, what do you think the love languages of your spouse might be? All right? And we think that just by listening to these, you'll probably be able to identify those. But if you leave here and you're still like, I'm not sure, if you go to our community app, there is an online quiz that you can take that will help you truly identify what your love languages are. All right. So we wanna start by just sharing a brief description of each of the five love languages. We're gonna share a little bit about what ours are and then how those play out in our marriage. So we're gonna start today with quality time. If quality time is your love language or the love language of your spouse, nothing says I love you like full, undivided attention. Being present for this type of person is critical, but it means being really present with the TV off, the phone down. <laughs> the phone down and the to-do list and all those tasks are just put on hold for a while. This kind of time and attention can make your significant other Feel really loved and valued. The actions of loving somebody with this particular love language might look like going for a walk or playing a game together or having an in depth conversation. Distractions, postponed dates, or the failure to really listen can be especially hurtful and leave the other person feeling unloved. So based on that description, how many of you in here think that uh, quality time might be one of your primary love languages? Show of hands. All right. We got a lot of hands up. So look around, people. If you're with somebody you love and their hand is up, take some notes.
0: That's right. right. All right, so that's the first love language, quality time. The second we're going to talk about is what we call acts of service, all right? Acts of service. Now, if acts of service is your love language, I mean, hearing words like, oh, no, let me vacuum. (laughs) Or let me clean up the kitchen, okay? That's not just just like doing something. It actually, and for those of us who don't have this love language, we don't get it, but it actually feels, it actually feels like love. And the words that a person who has this love language most want to hear is, let me do that for you. Let me do that for you. Amen. Amen. We got an amen again. All right. There we go. (laughs) Now, on the other hand, all right, beware of this, laziness or forgetting to do what you promised to do, all right, or making work for someone with this love language, that actually says to them something far different, like your feelings really don't matter. All right, so that was a quick description, but based on that description, acts of service. How many of you go like, yeah, acts of service? I think that's, that's one of the ways I feel love. <laughs> there we go, right. All right, so look around, take notes So when you go home with that person or if you're dating that person. I mean, you know how they actually feel and how they actually experience love. As you can see, this is one of Sue's love language. And, here, and here's, 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 how, here's the real life marriage, right? I am brutal as a handyman. I mean, I think we've talked about this. I, my, my toolbox is like one little pencil box like this, okay? It blue. It's brutal. It was when we first got married. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not a Mr. Fix-It. I'm none of those things. In fact, I'm so bad. One day, Sue came home, and I think she just kind of gave up. She said, you know what? I'm changing my love language. I'm changing it. I, I'm going to start with receiving gifts from now on. I didn't, even, I didn't know you could do that. Is that allowed?
1: Yes. It's a woman's prerogative to change her mind, right? <laughs> All right, so that leads us to the next love language Which is receiving gifts And if this is your love language Or the love language of your spouse Love is felt through the thoughtfulness And the effort behind a gift The perfect gift or the gesture behind it Shows that you are known You are cared for And that you are valued above whatever it took To bring that gift to you so actions of loving somebody that has this uh, need to be loved through the receiving of gifts might look like bringing home that person's favorite treat. Or perhaps purchasing something in that person's favorite color. It shows you you know them, right? Or maybe giving a gift when it's not a special occasion and it's just a gift for no reason at all, right? So all of these things can feel like love to a person who receives love by receiving gifts. A missed birthday, a forgotten anniversary, or a hasty or just thoughtless gift can be disastrous in your relationship with someone who feels loved through receiving gifts. So based on this description, How many of you in here think one of your primary love languages is receiving gifts? Hands up. All right. A few. Okay. Again, look around. If you're with someone and that is their love language, you need to get creative this week. Maybe do a little shopping.
0: That's exactly right. Okay. So we got the first three. Where's the first three of five. Now, the fourth love language is what they call words of affirmation. Now, this one's a little bit different because this one, when the action of giving and receiving love, it actually does involve words. Okay? Speech. And if this is your love language, affirmation, compliments, I mean that means the world to that person. And genuine compliments are not just praise, but it's actually how they feel. They actually feel loved when they hear those words. And the hearing words like I love you, and then especially if you can explain the specifics behind that love, that makes it even more important. So loving wants someone who feels love through words of affirmation. You take action through words, those can be spoken words. But those also going to be written words that will build them up. So those words might sound like um, you're an amazing cook. We had people over two nights this week, and so you did a great job. Thank you. Um, You're fun to spend time with. Um, You have great insight into this particular thing. Um, Those are the kind of things that you would actually say if you're trying to give them words of affirmation.
1: You're doing a good job on the talk, Dave.
0: Thank you. (laughs) All right, here's what's funny, honest to goodness, okay? So like words of affirmation is one of my love languages, right? So I know she's just kind of giving you guys an example, but it actually, that, it, I know, it actually feels good. Isn't that weird? I'm, I don't know if I'm just desperate or what, but it that does, it felt, that felt good. Anyway, on the other hand, though, beware of this. Insults, okay, careless kind of words that can actually wound someone and are not easily forgotten. So I'm curious now, based on that description, how many of you say words of affirmation, that's my love language? Words of affirmation, okay, a whole bunch again. Very good, all right. If the person sitting next to you, whether it's your spouse or not, I don't care. If a person near you saw them raise their hand and words of affirmation was their love language, just turn to them right now and go like, you are awesome.
1: You are awesome.
0: That's right, there you go.
1: All right, so this brings us to the fifth love language. The fifth love language is physical touch. Now, contrary to what you might be thinking, this is not all about the bedroom. Although, time spent there may be very important. But a person whose primary love language is physical touch is, not surprisingly, very touchy. If this is your love language or the love language of your significant other, hugs, pats on the back... Meaningful touches on the arm or the face. (laughs) Those can all be ways to show and receive love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial. While distance and neglect can be hurtful and destructive to the relationship. So based on this description... How many in here would say that your love language or one of your primary ones is physical touch?
0: Thank you very much. (laughs) All All right. right.
1: Give somebody a high five if they had their hand up for physical touch. There There
0: we go. All right, so we hit that pretty quick, and it's really important, very, very important for you to understand your love language. And one of the things you can do is then you can effectively communicate it to someone as you grow closer to them into a relationship. But probably even more important, though, is for you to understand, particularly in a marriage, your spouse's love language. And once you understand yours and when you understand theirs, let's bring it back to this relationship revolutionizing verse, 1 John 3, 18. And it tells us this. It says, "Chill, children, let us not just love with words or speech, but with action. Take action on what you know, action and truth. So how do we love our husbands? How do we love our wives with action and truth? And it comes down to this. You love them the way they want to be loved. You love them the way they want to be loved. And hear me on this. I think a huge reason that so many marriages get mired down in mediocrity is because we love our spouse the way we want to be loved and not the way they want to be loved. Let me say that again. And and I think sometimes it's well-intentioned. It's well-intentioned, but but all of our efforts are misguided because we're loving them the way we want to be loved instead of loving them the way, no, this is what feels like love to me. And the truth is, rarely do couples actually share the same love language. And so we have to understand that so we can take action on 1 John 3.18 and love them the way they want to be loved.
1: So as you may have noticed, Dave and I do not share the same love languages. His primary love languages are physical touch and words of affirmation. And mine are acts of service and receiving gifts. Totally different. So sometimes when Dave comes home in the evening and I am busy making dinner, he comes in and he, well, not sometimes, always, wants (laughs) me to stop and give him a hug and a kiss. And in my mind, I am thinking, hello, I am very busy making dinner. Maybe you would like to pitch in by setting the table or filling the glasses with ice. But if I am living out First John 3:18 well, I stop. And I give him that hug and I give him that kiss because I know that is how he feels loved. Now later, if he gets up from the table and clears the dishes, I feel loved. And later in the evening, if we turn on the news and I choose to sit next to him and snuggle in and watch the news right next to him, he feels loved. And if he gets up and makes me a cup of tea, I feel loved.
0: Pretty much how it works.
1: So, (laughs) exciting life at our house. (laughs) In full disclosure, we haven't always lived this way.
0: No.
1: In fact, I would say there have been some pretty rough patches in our relationship. Because I tried to love Dave the way I wanted to be loved I didn't get it Why didn't he feel loved by me doing all the laundry And the cleaning and the shopping and the cooking And he didn't understand why I didn't feel loved By all the hugs and the compliments There were seasons where I didn't feel loved Because I didn't feel like Dave was pitching in enough around the house And he didn't feel loved because Snuggling up with him wasn't on my to-do list but we continue to work on it, and we have now been married 31 years. Yeah. 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 Good. And I would say we are still learning, and we are still oh, yeah. making conscious choices to love each other better. And one other thing I think that has helped us is we've started to realize and notice when the other person is loving us the way we want it to be loved. And I think for me, sometimes I missed it because acts of service felt like it should be something big, you know, like a major home improvement project or hours of working in the yard. And sometimes I was missing those acts of service that happened when I was in the middle of a recipe and needed something and Dave said, I'll go to the store and get it. Or, you know, other times, like, maybe there was a real need for Andy's frozen custard at 8.30 at night. And Dave, again, so sacrificially, volunteered to go get the custard.
0: And not to say, I mean, even, even working on this talk, I mean, it's made me very much aware of how intentional. And I'm grateful that how intentional Sue is. Um, and I think we've grown in this in trying to love me the way. And, and so, like, um, even her, like, at night, snuggled up next to me in bed all right, and nothing more, that feels like love, if there is more, that's great, but um, <laughs> here's the bottom line, okay, here's the bottom line, we need to love our spouse the way they need, the way they want to be loved, okay, and I, and I think there's, I think John, this, this verse in John, first John is really speaking to us, I'll tell you what, just so we really drive this home, let's all say this verse out loud, okay, on the count of three, here we go, one, two, three, Dear children, Dear children, let, let us, us not, not love, with love with words or, words or speech, speech but, but with actions and in, in, truth. in truth. Now once we get this, okay, if you've got the five love languages, and if you need to go back to the app, get on the app, it's got a great little quiz there, you can both take it, talk about it, it'll be great, kind of a date night kind of discussion. Then the next thing you need to understand is a corollary to that, which is the emotional or sometimes called relational bank account. And if you've not heard this, or it's been a while, this is also a crucial part of loving your spouse the way they need to be loved. Because here's the deal. Each action, right? 1 John three eighteen, action. Each action of love is kind of like one deposit in the emotional bank account. And it takes five for five of these deposits for every withdrawal. So you need five actions of love for every time you screw up, every time you tick her off, every time you mishandle a conflict, every time you let them down by forgetting what you said you were going to do. You need to have five of these, right, Deposits for every withdrawal. Because if you end up with more depra- withdrawals and deposits, pretty soon you're going to be bankrupt. You're going to what happened to our relationship. Now, maybe you're going like, okay, hold a five to one ratio. Where'd you get this stuff? Right? There's actually a guy named Dr. John Gottman. Gottman is considered the foremost expert, uh, probably on marriage, because he's done more research on, on the topic of marriage than anybody over the last several decades. And he put together what he calls this emotional bank account. And uh, actually, the Gottman Institute put together this short two minute video. And it'll probably do a better job of explaining it than we could. So here's how they explain it. Check it out.
2: Ever wonder why some couples make it and others don't? Scientist Dr. John Gottman did. He spent 40 years studying thousands of couples to find out exactly what separates the relationship masters from the relationship disasters. Shakespeare compares love to a rose. Gottman uses a different metaphor. An emotional bank account. You know how a regular bank account works, so what's an emotional bank account? It represents the positive and negative balance in your relationship. The best couples maintain a high balance. Couples that break up are often in the red. You make deposits through positive interactions and you withdraw through negative ones. What does a deposit look like? It's a simple act of showing your partner that you care for and support them. It's as easy as sending your partner a good luck text before a meeting or cooking them dinner after a long day. And pay attention when your partner shows you their admiration and support. Notice when they're investing in your relationship. Thank you. A withdrawal is either hurtful behavior toward your partner or ignoring their invitations to connect. But withdrawals and deposits don't have equal weight. In fact, Gottman found it takes five positive interactions to make up for one negative one. Happy couples maintain at least this five to one ratio. If you make constant deposits and keep your balance high, you're saving up for a rainy day when you'll need to cash in on that goodwill. Positivity leads to more positivity. This is not about keeping score. It's about investing in your relationship and your shared emotional bank account. Moving from me to we. So keep your balance high by doing nice things every day and recognizing when your partner does them for you. You'll build up that emotional bank account in no time.
1: That's good. good. All right. Well, I bet for some today, this talk has been very encouraging and it's just the boost you needed to take that next step towards your relationship goals. You want to see your marriage go from mediocre to marvelous, from just okay to awesome, and you are ready to take action. But I know for some of you, you're wishing your spouse was here today, but they're not. For some, perhaps your relationship has been on shaky ground for quite a while now, and you're just not sure you have the energy or the motivation to give it another try. It's just hard for you to imagine that your relationship could ever be more than just okay. That's a hard, hard place to be. But I have something important to share. So I I want everybody to hear this because what I'm going to say is very important. You don't have to do this on your own. In fact, I might go so far as to say we shouldn't try to do this on our own because God wants to give us the ability to love, to love when we don't feel like loving, to love when we just feel like we can't try again and we're just ready to give up. There's a source of love that we can tap into when we feel like we are depleted of the ability to love, and that source is God. And the Apostle Paul assured us of this truth when he wrote this in the book of Romans. It says, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And when I read these words, I hear God saying, when your heart is empty, when you have no love to give, when you have given and given and given And there is no more love inside you. Don't worry. I will provide you with the love. And God is going to pour so much love into our hearts that there is love for everybody that we need to love. God is so good that not only does he tell us how to love. He says, I'll provide you with that love.
0: We'd like to uh, kind of end our talk by, uh, by praying. Uh, praying for every marriage uh, that's represented in this room. We want to pray that you'll have the wisdom and also the courage to love in action and in truth. Um, and to love that person that God has intentionally put into your life uh, the way that they want, the way they need to be loved, not necessarily just the way that, that you want or need to be loved. But even beyond that too, I also want to pray this. And this is where I think it becomes kind of a supernatural thing. I want to pray that you actually have the experience of actually feeling God pour his love into your heart. And like Sue mentioned, for some of you where it's feeling empty and you don't know where you're going to get more love to give out more love, that instead all of a sudden God is pouring love in your heart. So it's like this reservoir of overflowing love that all of a sudden now you do have a new source of love so you can love in a brand new way with a brand new commitment and a brand new kind of uh, intentionality, that person that God's put in your life. And so we want to just pray that as well. And, and, and candidly, for, for some of you, uh, maybe you have other relationships. That you know, you know what, I need to love that person, that friend, that neighbor, that coworker, And maybe for you, this is something for you to ask God for. So I'll tell you, here's what, here's what we want to do. I'm going to ask you, if you would like to receive that, have that experience of going like, yeah, I, w- I want to receive God's supernatural kind of love that he pours into our hearts so I can do a better job of loving others. I'm going to ask you just to put your hands in a receiving posture like this. Would you do that with me? Just put your hands in a receiving posture like this. As though, yeah, I will receive that. And if you're here with your spouse, all right, I'm going to ask you, if you would, just go ahead and hold hands with the one hand, and then with the other hand out, as though you're asking God, yeah, I want to receive your love. All right? Let's pray together.
1: Dear God, thank you so much for loving us, and thank you for the instructions that you give us on how to love others. I pray, Lord, for each person in this room that uh, there will be some things to take away today that will allow them to love others the way they need to be loved, that will allow each of us to love, not just with words, but with actions and in truth.
0: And Father, for every person here that has their hands out, you promised, as you told us in Romans 5, 5, that your spirit will actually pour your love into our hearts. And so for some of us that come with aching hearts or broken hearts or just hearts that are drained of any last residual of love, Lord, I ask that you just pour right now into their hearts your love. Lord, I ask that, that, that not only is that a, a, a spiritual reality, but I ask that you just help them to feel it. Feel it today and in this week and in the next months to come. That all of a sudden there's a brand new awareness like, wow, I have a brand new source of love that I'm, I'm able to actually give in a way that I never could before. And I don't feel empty, but I, it's, it's as though it's coming from you. Lord, I pray for that for every one of our marriages that are represented here. And I also pray for every hand that's held out. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.